Hey guys, real quick uh, before episode 54 kicks off, I just want to mention this episode is almost like two episodes in one. So the first half we'll be talking about Hard to Die, uh, and then the second half of the episode we'll be talking about Women in Horror Month, and uh, just giving some shout outs to Women in Horror, and then we also just kind of ramble on about uh, other stuff too. So just a little... Uh, intro real quick just kind of explaining what's going on and uh it's a fun episode that uh, i had matt awkward on here which uh you will listen here shortly um so a lot of fun on this episode and i hope you guys enjoy This is the Rude Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Rude. And today I have a uh, return guest who's almost like a regular on the show now. Hey, <laughs> uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Matt Awkward from uh, the Funbox Monster Podcast has jumped on the Rude Horror Podcast again. And we're going to talk about a Jim Wynorski film called Hard to Hard Die. Hard to Die. <laughs> I like this movie. <laughs> I I do too. We we've actually talked about this yeah. uh, on the fun box uh, years ago. At this point, which is crazy, but uh, yeah, always always happy to talk hard to die. Right? Yeah, I was gonna say I I did listen to you guys' episode about this and and enjoyed listening to it. And uh, I think it know, was our uh, first. Or- I think it was our first or second episode. It was so early on. We're up to 90 now, I think. 90-something. So, Holy yeah, this crap. was definitely a while ago. Yeah. That's 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 awesome that you guys are still going strong. And and, uh, and then you guys just released your new episode of uh, Plutonium Baby. Plutonium Baby, yes. Uh, a movie <laughs> that's uh, so horrible, I totally recommend it. <laughs> you, uh, right. It's one of those ones that you I can't fathom how bad it is and. You can't either until you watch it. So it's one of those kind of movies where, yeah, it's terrible, but uh, it's it's worth a watch just to see. Like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> that that one is uh, uh, a movie you don't really hear about a whole lot. Is that like streaming anywhere, or is it just still lost on video? It's I I, I believe it has been on DVD. Trauma put it out because they will put out fucking anything, <laughs> um, and uh, it uh, it is on YouTube if you wanted to watch it. The quality's yeah. all right on there. But yeah, it's kind of languished on video. And um, yeah, it's a very bizarre movie. Uh, but yeah, we're not here to talk about Plutonium Baby. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, if you want to hear about Plutonium Baby, jump over to the Fun Box Monster podcast. They After got you listen up. to this one first. <laughs> right. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Hearts to Die, a.k.a. Sorority House Massacre, 
uh, three, aka uh, Tower of Terror, I think as well. Right. It's got a, it's got a bunch of names. <laughs> right. And uh, sort of, kind of looking at the movie, um, come to find out that uh, uh, Wynorski had made a sorority house massacre part two in just seven days for Roger Corman's wife. Uh, then Roger had said something to Wynorski about remaking it for him. So <laughs> technically, this is a remake of sorority babes or not sorority babes but uh sorority house massacre it's easy to get too. those sororities confused um yeah and this is, is this also just to further the confusion is yeah technically it's kind of sorority house massacre three but then in the flashback scenes uh they show clips from slumber party massacre one and call that <laughs> call the baddie and that hawkstetter to link it to sorority house massacre Wait, is this house or party? House, yeah. Sorority House Massacre 2. By showing clips from Slumber Party 1 to make an unofficial <laughs> Sorority House Massacre 3. Yeah, it, yeah that makes the sense. The timeline... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, the timeline for this movie, or series, really, is just so bizarre. And uh, I think it all stems down to, wasn't uh, Slumber Party Massacre... Uh, a Roger Corman company movie. I believe so. I, I'm I not think 100%. so. Yeah. Like I, 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 I think this has to be if they're using the footage from it. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, and we'll talk about it, um, a little bit here in a, in a bit, but, uh, you know, they, they use like straight up raw footage from slumber party massacre in, uh, in this film. And really, I think they did in the, in, uh, sorority house, massacre part two i need i need to go back and watch the sororities house party uh sorority house massacre ones one and two because those aren't very fresh in my mind I'm, I'm more the slumber party i know those ones a little bit better which it cracks me up that they use that slumber party one footage to just call russ thorne a different name in this <laughs> yeah like, it, apparently they, they call him the hawkstetter character and I love uh, Orville Ketchum that they bring back there. I, lo I love when he's narrating the story to the girls. And he's like narrating Summer Party Massacre 1. But he's narrating all the things that he couldn't possibly see. Like the killer goes, he faked to the right. Then he goes into the other room. But it's just like he's narrating what you as a viewer would watch in the movie. <laughs> as if he was like yeah. there. Which is impossible. So I don't know if that's just like a... If that was an unintentional joke or an intentional joke or... It always cracked me up regardless. <laughs> Right, yeah, like this. This movie is uh, pretty pretty hilarious in the sense of just the scenarios that uh, you know these girls get put in, and you know Orville Ketchum he kind of steals the show with with <laughs> with with his role. The amazing um, undying Ketchum. <laughs> and I I put in my notes that uh, Orville Ketchum will give Michael Myers a run for his money. <laughs> because you know like this whatever happens to this dude it does not put him down like, no. he he just gets right back up and michael keeps, myers keeps fell off a balcony and he, and he went away orville ketchup's like hold my beer jumps off a damn skyscraper <laughs> <laughs> and then he walks to the front door of the of the <laughs> tower and he's up off the sidewalk <laughs> in less than a minute <laughs> he's coming back upstairs <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so ridiculous. This movie is uh it's unapologetically silly, which I which I love about it. It just like it makes no qualms for what it is. It's just like yeah, it's like okay, these people are these girls are taking uh inventory for a lingerie company. They may as well just wear lingerie the whole time they're doing their job, I guess. <laughs> right. May as well just go pick up the Chinese food that gets delivered in a thong. Like, that's just common stuff everybody does normally. <laughs> right. It, uh, you know, I guess, um, well, we can just, we can kind of jump all over the place because yeah. this movie's been around for as old as I am, 30, 30 <laughs> years. And, uh, so it's, it's not like it's a new release or anything. Um, I, I will say before we get further into the movie that this movie is kind of hard to find. So um, unless you have the VHS copy or um, I don't even think it, it's been released on DVD or Blu-ray. Yet. It, it, it has been released on DVD and it's out of print. So the DVD is just as damn hard to find as the tape copy. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, the, I mean, the tape copy you can find right now on Amazon if you want to pay 75 damn dollars for it. I was just looking it up today Ooh. out of curiosity. Uh, yeah. But yeah. um, I don't know. You should you should ask Jim. I know you're you're tight with the well, guy. Uh, yeah, I know kinda. people have been asking for it. I I mean I would I would buy this on Blu-ray in a heartbeat. Like right. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and I don't I don't have the I don't know if your tape has it, but I'm missing the scene with the the porno shot scene. Like for some reason that's not on my tape at all. Yeah, I don't think mine came with that either. Actually. And then when I was looking it up today, I couldn't find this answer either. Uh, IMDb says it's it's an NC-17 film. But my cassette is the R-rated version. And uh, that's the only cassette version I could find of it online, too. Or pictures of. I don't know if there's an NC-17 cassette. I don't think there is, though. So I don't know where that... Um, there, there actually could be one. Um, okay. I don't know what, um, what country, but... Oh. Not in the uh, states, release kind of thing. Yeah, it might it might have been released, you know, outside the United States on tape, and that scene might actually be in there. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm not for certain, but I did gotcha. see some cover art VHS of this film from different countries, so it's a possibility. Gotcha. Yeah, because I know that there's that scene where they uh, the cops bust up at a uh, a porno shoot, I guess, in the building, and Minorsky's actually the director of that and uh kelly maroney is uh has a cameo in that scene too yeah i did i did catch that i thought so that i've was read about cool. that but i haven't seen the damn scene then i'm, I'm watching the movie and i'm just like where where how did i miss all these people that's when i realized that i did not have that scene on my tape whatsoever <laughs> right yeah um it, it might be on the dvd version yep but uh there is and you know, like I don't know how long these movies last on the internet, but uh, if you if you guys do want to check out this movie, there is a pretty poor quality rip on YouTube, <laughs> and it does have the the porno scene in it. Oh, okay. So I can at least see that scene. Right. If I want to and, look it up. You know, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, and like Jim's in there, and he's you know, I wouldn't say he's not breaking the fourth wall, but there there's so many hilarious. Like just like this super tongue in cheek kind like, of uh, self referential in a way, yeah. right? Like like you know he's the director of this porno that's you know inside this movie, so they're trying to shoot a film, but then the cops bust in, uh, wanting to talk to one of the po- quote unquote porno actresses, 
and so Jim's kind of like take five, you know, like lunch, <laughs> take lunch, type thing. But like the whole scene with that was uh, one of the girls was barefoot, and this guy is on bed with these two girls, and uh, he's kissing on the one pretty girl, and uh, and she says, "Well, I hope your wife don't find out," and he kind of like says something about. Uh, like, I don't care if she finds out or something like that. And then, like, his wife is on the other side of the bed or on the other side of him saying, <laughs> I don't mind, or, you know, some shit like yeah. that, which is Kelly Maroney. Okay. So I wonder if that's a reference, too, because I also read that he made this movie, I guess, Rod, well, you were talking about it. He made it for Corman's wife, but uh, I guess um, Corman's wife wanted him to make this, too, but he didn't want Corman to find out, so he made it on the sets that they used for something else when Corman was away. Uh I don't know the full right. story. I just like reading these snippets of it. It didn't really make sense to me. I don't understand why they were doing that. But uh, so, yeah, I wonder if that was a joke. Like, don't let the husband find out or don't let the wife find out. Like more like shoving those yeah. in jokes into the picture there. Right. So, yeah, that's, I want to see that scene. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I know the other girl in that scene is uh, Monique Gabriel, who is uh, uh, kind of a supermodel actress. She's in a bunch of the softcore stuff. And she also plays the... Um, the delivery lady in this from the Chinese restaurant. Right. Which I've right. always found so strange. Um, Monique Gabriel's also in uh, Evil Tunes from Fred Olin Ray, which is a great movie. But uh, it's always cracked me up that they have such an amazingly pretty model girl play that delivery driver who's just frumpy wearing like that giant, I don't know what she's wearing, that dress that's like a shower curtain. <laughs> right. Right. Of all, yeah, it was of all the people odd. to get like a totally frumpy, not sexy person, they get a super sexy person to play that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I thought that was very out of place because you know all the girls in this movie are just you know beautiful women, <laughs> and then yet you know the the food delivery lady is just basically the opposite. She was dressed up the opposite. <laughs> and, but in reality, she is a super beautiful woman. So it's really kind of an odd. Right. I don't know if that's the and, humor and, joke. Like we we've used a banging sexy model, but made her ugly. I don't know if that's a joke or why or or she was just so, there and they needed somebody. I'm not really sure. Right, right. So it's either that or because you know she was beautiful in the in the porno scene, to where they wanted to make you know oh, using yeah make it make it to where they can't recognize you know the viewer can't recognize who she is. Yeah. But, you know, if, if uh, people who have seen a lot of Wynorski movies and have seen uh, Monique in, in his films, you can recognize her voice pretty clearly. Oh, yeah. You know, when <laughs> I was watching this film, no, I was like, I, I kind of thought maybe, is that Monique? And then just kind of hearing her talk a little bit, I'm like, that sounds just like her from <laughs> Deathstalker. So, uh, or Deathstalker 2. So, uh, I've never like, seen that one. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of it's like no, a like a knight in armor kind of thing, right? It's kind of like a Beastmaster, but okay. you know, on a B level scale, I guess. For Winorski? on a Corman level scale, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, it, it's fun. You know, he he's got his usual beautiful women in there, and uh, and the main guy. Uh, Plays the uh, the gum chewing guy in uh, Chopping Mall. Oh, okay. So you know if 
if you rewatch Chopping Mall and the guy that's always chewing the gum and yep. I forgot I, th- I forgot who he was uh, coupled up with, but and I forgot his name, but yeah, he he's the main guy in. Uh, okay, Death yeah, Star. I, do, I do know the character you're talking about. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> that stock boy there. Yeah. Yep. You know, so Sorority Two was made in seven days, and that was and that came out in 1990. I would assume that uh, this, you know, and this one, Hard to Die, came out the same year. So I'm wondering if, um, you know, this was sort of made in seven days. This was made in uh, ten. Ten days. Okay. So it was made in ten days. Yeah, and it was shot like directly after Part Two was shot. So that's why they're. So many recurring faces. I think everybody was just still around and just still hopped on board and banged this other one out in like 10 days. And uh, <laughs> it, it must be easy for Wodorski. He definitely knows what he's doing, you know. So I'm sure he can churn out these kind of <laughs> fluff horror movies in his sleep. Right. Yeah, he he definitely has. Uh, I don't know what the word is, but he definitely has some like some like true ambition because he's able to pump out movies you know, before someone can give their two weeks in for, you know, their own job. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> it's nuts. So. But, uh, yeah, so this one, this one you can tell is kind of one of his, um, I wouldn't say lazier, but it's not as complex as, say, Chopping Mall. You know, there's not that many effects in here or that much uh, crazy makeup or anything that's super involved like that. Uh, right. All the, uh, I think, is every kill off screen? For the most part, pretty much for, you know, like when Orville and Diana uh, have their their gunfight, like Just die 20 times. times. Each. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have a lot of it. It's not a very intensive makeup special effects movie at all. Right. Kind of like, well, oh, somebody died. Throw, throw a bucket of blood against the wall. Yep. Call it good. Move on. Next shot. Click. <laughs> right, I'm sure right. how this worked. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, but like yeah, so like uh the kills for like uh the killer per se, like you know, the it, it almost reminded me of like uh the <laughs> the I know what you did last summer killer because he's got like the coat and the, the hook, big meat hook thing weapon yeah. meat hook and uh uh so you know it it is kind of set up like a slasher movie, but then you know it unfolds into something else later on. But uh, yeah, it, but, it definitely starts out as your normal kind of slasher film, and then kind of devolves into. <laughs> I mean, the movie's billed as like a parody, or 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 the female version of Die Hard, and. I guess the only thing in kid, the only thing similar really is that there's some guns and a skyscraper. Uh, there's no like big stunts or hiding around. Right. Uh, but yeah, it totally turns into like almost like an action movie farce at the end with all the machine guns. Yeah. And it, it like, you know, there, there's no reference if it was like uh, a Christmas movie or anything like that. No. So basically the skyscraper and guns type thing is the only thing that's close to Die Hard, and they try to capitalize so much on that with the uh, straight the down marketing. to the title. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, it's it's almost like it's four things in once. It's like a spoof. It's a horror. It's a softcore. 
uh, it's a it's a skin flick kind of dealy, and it's an action movie. Right. All just like smashed into one big thing. It's it's basically the perfect uh, Skinamax film, or you know, like a late night Cinemax HBO mm-hmm. type movie, and that was probably where it was aiming for. Only it doesn't it, it doesn't relent. That's that's the funny thing. Like usually that like has like the uh, the sexy girls. Then we go move along with the story. In this one, Jim's just like people are here for the girls. Just like have them wear nothing but underwear the entire damn time. <laughs> so like right. it never stops being titillating in that fashion. And I can't really think of that many other movies that have pulled that off. You know. Where it's just like, even in horror movies, you get the sexy girl of the nude scene, then it's like back to the normal. But these girls are just wearing nothing but practically nothing for the whole movie. Yeah, lingerie. They they work for I mean, Acme I'm not lingerie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's another thing uh, with this movie. I feel it almost has like a Looney Tunes. Uh, oh, I don't know what to. Like, uh, would they get the files wet in the basement and they're like where's where's how do you turn the sprinkler off and there's just this big sign saying like sprinkler turn off to to, <laughs> to spray water all over the boxes that just say like acme lingerie like it's totally looney tunes with like the giant signs like right <laughs> that's where the that's where the spoof spoof aspect of it comes in i feel right yeah it definitely it definitely does have those type of uh I mean, come on, uh, Acme you know, lingerie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On on the eleventh floor, and then I forgot what floor is it. Like the tenth or eleventh floor is like the guns department floor or something. Yeah, yeah. And that's where they, you know, have all these machine guns and shit. I, I do you know how to use this? Of course I do. My dad was a marine. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me highly trained in machine guns. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. I I kind of eye rolled on that scene, but kind of chuckled at the same time. It's like you know, of course that's what would be said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like getting 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 surgery done. Like, you know what you're doing, right? Yeah, of course. My dad was a surgeon. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I have to point out that uh, you know the the main girl in this is uh, Gail Thackeray. I think she was going by Robin in this film. Robin Harris, she was going by, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Gail is actually in Jim Wynorski's new film that he's uh, making called Bigfoot or Bust. (laughs) Emphasis uh, on the bust. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, according according to Jim on his social media, that movie should be coming out on uh, streaming within a couple months. So... uh, Keep your eyes peeled if you want to see some new Jim Wynorski with Gail as one of the stars. And, you know, she's the star of this movie. So it's kind of cool to see her 30 years later. Yeah. Uh, you know, it will be cool, I guess. You know, I haven't really, I've only seen like maybe snippets type thing. But yeah. Sh- should be your, your uh, typical Jim Wynorski. Uh, yeah, and you know, he's got a um, uh, girl with guns flick. <laughs> yes, and um, Rocky DeMarco is in that too, uh, aka uh, Melissa Brazel, who's been a long time Winorski collaborator as well. Yeah, he's right. got the he always he always keeps those familiar faces around. It seems he's right. got his good people unit going on. So yeah, so where are we right now? So plot wise, uh, is ridiculous. <laughs> four four girls yes. show up to the building. To do uh, inventory, 
<laughs> for Acme Lingerie. And they're going to be doing that overnight. And uh, so that's where our plot really kicks off in this movie, is four girls need to do... And they meet the fifth girl, which is a temp that their sleazy-ass boss hired, who we meet her right after a sleazy inter-office lovemaking session there. <laughs> and uh, she teams up, and they all go... Uh, they have. To, I love that they have to go to the basement of this building, which is absolutely absurd. <laughs> right. Like, it's this giant, brand-new, fancy super skyscraper. Then they go to the basement, and it's like a dirt floor. <laughs> All wet, <laughs> soggy boxes stacked everywhere. And so they end up getting their clothes wet, which is a <laughs> fucking plot point, which is hilarious. Right. Uh, yeah, what'd she do? Try to smoke a cigarette or something, and it set something on fire? It, uh, yeah, and it, yeah, it set off the sprinkler system, and <laughs> they're saying, oh, no, my our clothes are all wet, and they're just drenched So. In- I guess we need uh, to go take showers now because we got wet. <laughs> right. That yeah. makes sense. So they, they go up and take <laughs> showers and, you know, well, it, it, they each, they, they all do take showers, but it, it's kind of broken up through the scenes. But, you know, we, we all do, we do get to see them all in all their glory <laughs> uh, shower scenes. And I do want to point out that uh, I, I thought it was funny that uh, when they were rubbing the soap and whatnot all over oh, the body, the, that it was making some like <laughs> some like washing windows kind of noise or like to me, balloons to me it rubbing. sounded like yeah to me it sounded like when you were rubbing a balloon like that. <laughs> it's uh, I love that kind of shit, man. You used to see that stuff all the all the time back in the day, like on the USA Up All Night comedies, you know. Or, uh, or like the some of the trauma flicks, you know, where they just add those. Somebody throws something in across the room, and you just hear that, bing, you know, almost like a cartoon. Like yeah. that's, what, that's what this totally is, uh, which is hilarious because it makes it also it makes it goofy. Like it's one of those things where it's like, here's the sexy part you've been waiting for, but we're gonna make it fucking silly at the same time, right. and it works for me. I like it. I, I think it's hilarious. Um, it's also a hilarious way to, this movie's ridiculously short. I think it clocks in at like 77 minutes and five, five or more of those minutes are probably just girls in the shower. But like you said, they, they spread it out cleverly where they just keep a, every girl has to take their own turn in the shower. So it's like the plot's moving forward. Things are going, it's like, Oh, oh, your turn. And then we just like cut back to like a different girl in the shower. So it doesn't like. It doesn't bog the movie down, which can happen with some kind of skin flicks, like the softcore skin flicks like this sometimes, where they just spend too much time on, like, sex scenes or stuff like that, where this one just kind of, like, gives you the nudity, gives you the little goofs, keeps the movie trucking. Yeah. It works. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I agree. I, I like that aspect. And, and it works so well with, you know, we get to see a beautiful woman taking a shower then it cuts to maybe another girl kind of lurking around the hallways trying to find, you know, they think Ketchum's the killer, so they're kind of on, you know, alert. So that's building suspense. Yep. While that's going on, and then, you know, maybe they run into someone, interact with them. Then it cuts back to another girl taking a shower. So it's like, oh, perfect. Because <laughs> they all they, they all got to take their turns, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it delivers. It it. it the movie doesn't slow down with it. You still get to see every girl in the shower, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, no, just be full on pervert. I mean, that's what this movie's about. It's about naked girls. Like, and, yeah. And it delivers. It's good. <clears throat> right, and uh, yeah. yeah, so we forgot to mention um, when all the girls are working there, they, they do meet Orvo Ketchum, 
who narrates, uh, as we said earlier, he, he was a suspected killer in the last movie, which was Sorority House Massacre 2. Um, but he was actually, I guess, the savior, misunderstood, mm-hmm. and he's recurring that again in this one. But all the girls are terrified of him, uh, to a point where they're almost too terrified of him. Like, yeah. The, fir- the first time we meet him, I swear, those girls are like running away in fear before the elevator doors has even, have even opened. Like, could you imagine doing that? Yeah. Like, you just, you're standing in an elevator and the door opens, and the minute the door starts opening, everybody like runs away from your elevator from you. Like, right. Man, he's just standing there. <laughs> yeah. So he, he's not and that like, scary, girls. <laughs> in the scene where he's like slowly walking towards them, like, because he was like blocking the door. Mm-hmm. Like the the exit door when they're trying to leave, and he's standing there, and they're like, "Oh my god, there he is!" And they're trying to get on the elevator, and like they're <laughs> acting like, like, like a dog that hasn't been outside in a while, and is like, you know, wanting to jump at the door, and like, oh, "Let me in, let me in," or, you know, yeah. or <laughs> "Let me out, let me out." So like, you know, it, it's funny how, uh, you know, the girls get put into situations like that because they, you know, they think he's the killer, and they had. Uh, you know, talked about it once they had seen him, you know, first off in the movie that, you know, they're like, oh, I've heard stories or, you know, I heard he was uh, the person responsible for all those murders at that sorority house. And, you know, so they explained the whole scenario as to why no one wants to be around him and, and why these women are terrified of him and, you know, he's and a even, creep. He doesn't talk hardly. I, I love you it, know. too, because they ask him about it, too. And he's like, it's not something I like to talk about. And then he goes <laughs> on, like, the most detailed story about everything. <laughs> like, narrating <laughs> explains everything. everything. <laughs> and, and they're still just kind of, like, on the fence about the idea of, of him being good or not. Like, they, yeah. you know, they have it through their mind that this guy is is responsible and and why is he, you know, even here working as a janitor? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but really, it, uh, throughout the whole movie, he's just being nothing but helpful, or trying to be, but these girls are not giving him a chance. <laughs> it's kind of like um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil there, <laughs> where they're trying to help the kids and they just keep attacking them. Uh, Orville's going through that same kind of thing here yeah he's just trying to help him out oh shit it's you stab 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 right like i like uh i like when they run into him and he's like he's got the mop and he's plops it on the ground he's like careful floor's wet floor's wet <laughs> and they're and like, oh, the- we're going to the we're going to the basement oh if you're going to the basement you need this and he starts reaching into the crotch of his pants <laughs> pulls out the key right they think he's like gonna whip his wang out or something. Yeah. Like so, it, you know, it cuts back back to the girl, all like grotesque, you know, dis- <laughs> disgusted. And then you know he just pulls out this little key. <laughs> you need the crotch key to get in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love those little humor things in it. it yeah. It definitely helps the movie, you know, with the pacing of the movie. Oh yeah. Uh, and it's good that it's got those because. Again, it's very light on story. <laughs> oh yeah, very light. It you know it basically, like we've said, it's it's a it's a movie that got put in the into the washer machine and put on max speed because 
Uh, it's supposed to be a sequel to Sorority House Massacre 2, which, I mean, it is, but at the same time, it's almost like it could could have been a standalone movie. It, it could completely be a standalone movie, and you could completely not even <clears throat> reference Sorority House Massacre 2 in this, and you would have been fine. They, they, you know, they didn't, uh, I think it's just to pad the runtime again, because there was barely any movie here, like flashbacks, uh, shower scenes, just anything to like stretch it out to just barely what classifies as a feature length movie. Uh, you could have just been like, this guy's a weird janitor. He didn't even need to be Orville Ketchum, you know, from the first movie. Right. Uh, they brought the cops back too from the second movie. Uh, again, they didn't even need to, they could have just been random cops. Like none of that really factored into, and they dropped some things like, what you find it hard to believe that this guy is actually a good guy you know what i mean like calling back to the first movie but none of those are even necessary at all yeah 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 most definitely and uh and you know the only reference for it to be a sequel you know i you know a sequel remake like it's so messed up to think about the remake thing threw me off so i'm just gonna go a sequel yep but uh well it's also um Oh, we forgot to mention the courier who drops off the soul box. Um, they get a package. The girls get a package shipped to the, lingerie, the lingerie company, but it was supposed to go to the museum. Uh, so they got this magical box that I guess was going to uh, an occultist uh, scientist. Uh, and they decide mm-hmm. to open this box. And that's where they make this weird tenuous link to Sorority House Massacre 2, where they set free the soul of Hawkstetter, the killer from the last movie. But again, right. that could have just been a soul box with a random demon soul in it. Like, it never needed any of those callbacks to the first. But it works, yeah. you know? Yeah, it, it works. It works and it's fun, but at the same time, yeah. if you didn't have any callbacks at all, this movie would have still worked just fine. Like, so yeah, so we forgot to mention that along with the the Orville Ketchum <laughs> being the killer, there's also a demon flying around that may or may not have possessed somebody. <laughs> Yeah, and and uh, we don't really find out about that until you know later on in the movie. But I mean, we have an idea that it it's someone besides Orville because, um, you know, for one, uh, you know, the first kill with uh, Melissa Moore, um, uh, her name's Jessica in the movie, but uh, you know, she she gets killed downstairs by uh. Um, you know, she, she's delivering inventory, you know, those crates filled with paperwork mm-hmm. up to the to the eighth floor or whatever. And uh, uh, I forget who the other lady was, but she kind of hurts her back. And the other lady's kind of like, oh, are you OK? And she's like, oh, I, I had a bad back. I got an accident, a skiing accident a couple years back, but I'll be fine. And, uh, and she's like, well, go ahead and and, uh, and go on. And so Melissa's trying to, you know, the other lady's gone. Melissa tries to pick up this box. And all of a sudden we see kind of like, you know, the I know what you did last summer killer. Like he's just kind of mysterious. He can't see his face, but he's got this hook, this meat hook. And he gets her right in the neck. And the kill is off camera. But we do get to see some blood splatter on the crate. Yep. It's it's, it's 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 a good old tried and true throw blood against something and that means somebody died trick <laughs> right you hear the effective. girl scream and 
Yep. Blood splatters, so. Throw some blood. Call it a day. <laughs> Next shot. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we do get to see a lot of the killer, and you can just tell that it's not Orville. Like, you know, yep. Orville is like a slow zombie-like character. There's no way he can pull it off. Yep. And, you know, just... It just it it wasn't Orville, so uh, I guess it leaves the viewer to uh, keep guessing. Well, who is the killer? And we don't find out till later on who the killer is. But you know, it's the the demon that has been released from the box has possessed somebody. We mm-hmm. just don't know who yet. Yep. And they're uh, they're keeping it a secret. They're not like uh, it's not like one of those things where they're they've turned into Reagan from The Exorcist, and you can tell. So somebody's like secretly possessed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so I think at this time, or I I think it's probably uh, notable to mention Gail or um, I guess her name's Linda in the movie. I'm just gonna say Gail because yep. otherwise I'm gonna get thrown off. But uh, she had called. Uh, was it is it the museum guy about yes. uh you know that they had you know something weird has happened they released the demon from this box and does he know anything about it type of thing and he said or the line gets cut off before they could try to communicate a little bit more about getting help there and uh so jumping back or uh, going forward, I'm gonna say that uh, the cops, one of one of the cops, and uh, I think Tony Naples plays the other cop. Um, she, they are investigating. Uh, you know, have you have you noticed anything suspicious about this Orville Ketchum? Like they're they're trying to bust him, right? Because they they mm-hmm. don't have enough to bust him from uh, the previous movie. So. They go to the museum guy. I don't know, like, why they, like, what possessed <laughs> them to go to him. But, I mean, it helps. I guess it helps the flow of the movie. But, really, it made no sense why they needed to go to him. No, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> just just stretch, man. Just stretching this movie out. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it's, it's part of the movie that doesn't make sense. But what we do get out of the museum guy or the cops get out of them is that, well, I noticed something funny at uh, whatever building that was on 11th street or whatever. And that's where, you know, Orville happens to work at. So they're kind of like, Hmm, you know, yep. They're, they're trying to play Sherlock Holmes here. So then, and, uh, so then the girls order food, right? We were on that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. They're gonna, they're gonna get naked, take showers and, and order food. Sounds like a night. <laughs> right? So, yeah, so, we kind of already talked about the delivery driver. Um, yeah, yeah, that weird weird cameo by Monique uh, slumming it up goofily. Um, yeah. I can't tell if it's like a racist stereotype or not. Like, she was delivering Chinese food, but she was all dressed like that. Like it, But she didn't really... It seemed like it was bordering it, but I couldn't really tell. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, she had so much clothes on, it was kind of hard telling, like, who she, I mean, it was just very out of place for a deliver, a food delivery person yes. to dress like that. So well, it was that, really hard telling. 
But she ends yeah. up getting set on fire. <laughs> yeah. Just just so they can make a joke that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like uh, they're like, man, the food's taking so long. By the time it gets here, it'll be charbroiled. Like, <laughs> so wait, the food's taking so long. At the time it will get here, it will be hotter than it should be. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, basically just to say that line so Modi can get set on fire. <laughs> right, right. That's the only has to be the only explanation. Oh, reaching for a joke there. <laughs> it, it was a stretch, but we understood it because we knew what happened to her. <laughs> exactly. Yep. It worked. <laughs> still, and, still absolutely silly when you think about it. <laughs> oh, oh, it's it's totally silly. And, and before we move uh, forward from that, I do want to mention like how silly it is that uh, the killer lit a match and had lit gas on fire, which she must have been standing into a puddle of gas. But when he lit the match and then she caught on fire, she's like immediately engulfed in flames. Like when she, yeah. when he, when the killer had to have thrown gas on her first. I think that that's, I think maybe that's why she was wearing that ridiculous thing because it was probably like a very flammable piece of clothing. Maybe that's what they were saying. Oh, well, hey, you know what? That makes sense now because <laughs> now that they now that we know why she's wearing that crazy <laughs> giant <laughs> like wispy sunflowery fabric dress thing. And <laughs> it, well, that and then like behind the scenes type thing where the stunt double probably had to be like heavily clothed oh yeah you know in yeah. order you know so and it, man i don't know how many takes that took but it seemed like that person was on fire for a long time like i know a couple <laughs> seconds on film doesn't seem like much but it is when like, you're on fire <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you know and some of those scenes or that scene kind of seemed a little slow moish in a way but I mean, you know, we it it was almost like one big take, and that person was on fire for, you know. Yeah, that might have been the biggest effect shot of the movie, actually. <laughs> right, that that and the squibs for the gunshots had to have been oh, yeah. the most most expensive. I wish they didn't uh, lazy out on the squibs though near the end. Like, there's definitely a subscribe action, but then there's definitely uh, once the possessed girl starts getting shot up constantly. By Orville, she's just doing that, you know, the flailing thing. But there's no blood or anything flowed out. Like, I really wish they didn't laze out on that. It was more like, um, like the Ed Two Hundred Nine scene in RoboCop, you know, where the guy gets shot in the oh, office yeah. and he's just exploding left and right. Like, it would have been great if they were like that. And then the camera went back to him, and then they were clean again. Like, and it would have worked. <laughs> right. How they keep getting shot so much and coming back and be like, wait a minute, they were just torn apart. They're, they're fine. Like, that would have actually been a funny gag, I think, in this if they. But I'm sure that would have cost uh, so much more money to do. Well, I mean, they might as well because Orville, he just does not fucking die. And it kind of would have been funny maybe to see him, like, to show up normal. Like, after he'd, like, gotten stabbed with with the the paper stack and just... (laughs) What's that thing called? Like, the the paper... Oh, where you jab the paper spike thing? Yeah, yeah. I honestly yeah. don't. I don't know what you feel like. Gale stab him. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's a weird thing. I. I don't even think that thing is something that people use anymore. But it, it is. I totally use one of those at um uh the pizza place. That's oh, where I, sure. when I when I get back from deliveries, I put my slips. I stab it down on one of those little 
stabbing oh, nice. things. So yeah, I do get to use one of those. I have not <laughs> stabbed anybody with it yet, though. Yeah, like stabbing anybody in the heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, then they end up, you know, keep living. Yeah, I don't get what happened. Why are you dead? I saw this in a movie and the person was fine. <laughs> Movies have lied to me. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but yeah, like, it, you know, it, the, the whole Looney Tune aspect of that is, you know, Orville getting thrown into these situations where he's getting killed or, you know, it would kill any normal person. But yeah, he comes back from it, and you know, just one scene. It would have been funny if like he got like so fucked up looking that like the next scene he's like just regular normal again, yeah. like no holes in his body or, you know, it, it would have been funny. It would have, it. I think it would have complimented this movie just because of the fact that he does keep coming back. <laughs> so it would have made sense. I would have maybe chuckled at it. Yep. Um, so where are we see. at? We've got the food. Uh, another person gets killed when the food's being waiting for the food to get there, right? The uh, girl that the girl that wears the um the thong to go pick up the delivery. Yeah. So how how does how does the next girl die? I forgot. It's another off-screen kill. I know. Was it just yeah. like another slash to the? I think so. I've honestly, something? I've honestly forgotten that part too. It, it was basically like the first kill, of, like the first kill. Yeah. Another scene. Yeah, there there where... isn't any there isn't any really creative kills in this like that are yeah worth remembering really. Yeah, I think like he like hits her torso. It wasn't the neck, I don't think. It just kind of hit somewhere else, but it was enough to kill her because we see another blood splatter against yeah. the <laughs> the wall or whatever, and. That's how we knew that she died. Yep. And then we get to... Uh, so are we at the possessed girl part yet? Where she's... Yeah, we we can kind of jump to it because... We can pass her, man. Yeah, it's not like we need to do a play-by-play. Play. Really, yeah, because like really at this point, it, it really is just kind of a back and forth between the girls conversing of how they're going to get out of there. And then we see some more shower scenes... And, you know, then, like, one of those kills happens, like we just talked about. Yeah. So it's just kind of a little back and forth for it's a while. It's constantly a fighting off Orville when he's not doing anything wrong. <laughs> or yeah. trying to save them and constantly stuff. And then um, we do find out our girl that is possessed. Uh, I forgot her name. but the uh, uh, Diana. Diana, the temp there that just got hired that day. Uh, hell right. of a first day on the job there. Um <laughs> So yeah, she's been possessed with the spirit of Hawksetter from that soul box. And Orville's trying to... That's when Orville's like, I'm going to stop you no matter what body you're in. Uh, and Orville ends up uh, breaking her neck and tossing her down an elevator shaft. Which um, is not the end of her, surprisingly. <laughs> right. Uh, so she's also playing the unstoppable. And then we've got our two final girls trying to survive both of this right yeah we got uh uh well gail and jackie okay it's jackie's our other final girl yep so it's just gail and jackie uh basically trying to so are they tr they 
do they recognize Orville's good yet, or no? Are they still uh, not, afraid of both? Not yet. We don't find out that, or they don't find out that Orville's good until um, Diana comes in, and she's already talking demonic. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the, but then she cuts back into normal, and she's going towards Gale and... That's right. And Orville, and Orville grabs Diana's leg, and so oh, this is after you know, they just shot Orville with a machine gun a bunch too. Oh, oh yeah, we we should probably mention that uh, they found some. You guns. know, they're on the roof. <laughs> yeah, they found some guns on like tenth floor or whatever. So it's a different floor department from where they work at. But you know, this is where Gail says that her dad was a marine, so she knows how to use guns. <laughs> kind of thing and they make it up to the you know the top of the building basically and i do want to say that uh it was it was really funny seeing gail grab a tra- trash can lid and charge at orville and hits <laughs> yeah. orville with the trash can lid and then he goes flying off the building yep which which is hilarious especially and because then, uh, or- orville's a big boy i, th- I think um i think she yeah. would have just kind of bounced off of him <laughs> Right, right. And That's so I'll, just, I'll speed it up. But So he ends up coming back. He's upstairs already. And they kind of fight him on the stairs. But then um, he is back up on the roof. And this is where Gale just kind of unloads on him. And, you know, bullet holes are just flying through Orville. And he is, quote unquote, dead for like the <laughs> fifth time already. And then... <laughs> You know, and then this is where Diana comes up, and then uh, Orville grabs Diana's leg, and then Diana grabs Gail's gun, but hits Gail in the face with the butt of the gun, and it's kind of you know in a scuffle with with Orville, but then she starts shooting at Gail, and so Gail is shooting back at her. So we see like this big gunfight back and forth, and. <laughs> And they're not getting hit, which is just kind of hilarious. They're like, what, 20 feet apart from each other and just unloading these machine guns? <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought it was funny too. It's like, man, how does these bullets not hit? Like, yeah. You know, they must have terrible aim. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so eventually, you know, there's this, this, this suspenseful gunfight, if you will, happening. And uh, Gail finally does hit Diana the possessed one and you know she's getting hit with bullets and and whatnot and she goes down it pretty much just goes on like this for a while where orville gets back up orville gets a gun diana gets a gun orville and diana just have complete uh pump bullets into each other's sessions right (laughs) and it's 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 hilarious too because nobody takes cover or like it's not like an action movie where people are hiding for cover and like doing surprise shots they're just like standing facing each other 10 feet apart and just both unloading at the same time and both just constantly getting back up from it afterwards yeah yeah it it turns full cartoon here (laughs) there's there's no covert ops moves like there's there's nothing fancy about it they just are kind of just standing there in plain sight shooting at each other and (laughs) and waits and then (laughs) the film just waits until someone gets hit basically it's almost like uh modern video game rules like they get hit 
and they get shot a lot, and then they just kind of like lay down and don't get shot for a while, and all their health comes back, and they get back up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fucking back to the gulag. They're up yeah. in the, <laughs> you know, Call of Duty reference. Uh, they get sent to the gulag, and then they have to fight till uh, one in like this close quarters combat and then once the winner wins they're up in the the fucking plane and they can drop to wherever their teammates are reminds me of um bioshock where you get shot a lot you're trying to like fight a big daddy and then you die and you end up oh you got the uh resurrection chamber or whatnot it's like okay i'm all better but i'm gonna go fight this guy again oh i got killed again well coming back again right (laughs) Just, just take That's basically what this is. Yep, I got That's that. Basically, what this is. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, there's another gunfight on the roof, like like you had said. Uh, you know, some some random dude, I forgot who he was. Was he like an intern or something? The guy shows up on the roof and is like, "What's going on?" And then uh, that's where uh, Gail explains that Orville is is you know the good guy. And Diana is one that was killing people, and then all of a sudden Diana unloads on this guy, and that's what starts the next gunfight. Yep. <laughs> oh, that was the uh, cops that woke him up. Yeah. Are you talking but, like after after the fact, where it's in the morning, where Orville's up there with her? No, this was like kind of like right after uh, Gale had had quote unquote killed Dawn. Or not Dawn, uh, Diana. Diana, okay. And like all of a sudden, this dude just shows up out of nowhere, which oh, I thought no, that, that was weird. That's her. Uh, that's the boss from the beginning that shows up. Oh, and, and he, and okay. he, and he gets taken out right out right away. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah. gets taken out right away, but but he stays alive long enough to where Gale is explaining what's going on. So, yeah, but, you know, we, we know this. But... So it's like, oh, Diana's back again. <laughs> yeah. back. Is this a way for her to come back, I guess, and just, yep. you know, kill somebody? Yep. And so, yeah, we, we, so we talked we talked about the gunfight and Diana has the upper hand and uh, is about to kill Gail. But then Orville comes out of nowhere and starts unloading on Diana and Diana starts unloading on Orville, so we get uh, the one of many gunfights <laughs> <laughs> that happen between these two. And uh, so they basically shoot each other till they're both dead. You know, we would sus- suspect. Yeah. Uh, which it's not a shocker; they both come back, but uh, <laughs> uh, that. The the cops show up and they discover all the dead bodies, like uh, the you know the bodies from downstairs in the crates and uh, and you know they're they're searching the building and uh, Gail makes her way to the lobby or wait no um, Gail Gail was laying with Orville and Orville's got his arms around her like touching her ass and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this is where the cops uh, find them, and it's like you know, get away from him. You know, he's... and that one cop still has that mat on for uh, Orville. Keeps thinking he's a bad guy still. Right. Until and she's so... trying to explain to him. Yeah. Right. So she's like trying to explain to him that no, he's a good guy. Like he saved me. And you know, while 
while that's going on, like that conversation happens so fast because Diana all of a sudden is right up and she is unloading on all these fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and again, uh, the, she has a terrible aim because they're all able to get out of the way when they were like five <laughs> of them hurtled together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't even explain that one. But they, yeah, they, so they end up getting covered. And uh, Gail makes her way down to the lobby where there's another cop. And I think this cop has been in Sorority House Massacre Part 2. Um, I think so as well, yeah. So, you know, and he's like in his full get-up police uniform. And just, you know, he's holding holding the fort down, so to speak, because he's on the lobby floor. And uh, so she runs to him saying, like, help me, help me. And uh, Diana is down there with her machine gun and this is where the cops like stop you know put your gun down like you know st- you know stop what you're doing and she just or she ke- keeps going to him so he just starts unloading on her <laughs> she unloads as well she's not getting hit and she unloads on the dude kills him dead and uh you know this is where we think Diana is going to get Gail because, you know, she's killed everyone in front of her. She's ready to kill Gail now. Mm-hmm. Well, lo and behold, Orville <laughs> comes to the... <laughs> oh, he's Orville not dead? The... Oh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, does he yell, does he yell like, like, watch out or something like that? And then just starts unloading on Dawn, or not Dawn. Keep saying Dawn. Yeah. Diana. Dawn is Gail's character. That's where I'm getting mixed up. Okay. But, uh, yeah. So he, you know, he unloads on Diana. And, uh, you know, we get this other standoff here. And, you know. Eventually she goes down. Yeah. Apparently. (laughs) She had one too many bullets because this one does put Diana down. <laughs> like she does not get up after this one. She had like and... a three hundred bullet maximum. Like I think she like after three hundred rounds, like nope, you can't, you can't keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like, oh my gosh, it's like because you know when I'm watching this, I'm like, okay, how many more times are they gonna get up? Like, yeah, because we keep seeing this happen, but uh. But yeah, this is this is towards the end of the movie. Um, Orville is the savior, and you know he kills Diana or what's that guy's name, the spirit guy? Uh, Hawk Setter. Hawk Setter. Yeah. So you know he he kills Hawk Setter, and and Diana too, and uh, they they both get put on the stretcher, Orville and Gale. <laughs> And this is a funny part. Uh, as as they're both getting uh, carried out on the stretcher, we see the closing uh, scene of they both are holding hands, and we hear some like marriage music going on. Yep. And like the yeah, Looney Tune sh- strings down to a heart. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, guess they're getting yeah. married now. <laughs> right, and it says 
it said something like just the beginning or something like that. Like yeah, the, the beginning, beginning, not the end. Yep. So, and so it leads Orville, up to Orville got the girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, how would you, how would you ever have thought that Orville would get the final girl, so <laughs> to speak, and they live happily ever after? I guess I don't know because apparently there was a joke at the end of the credits. If you watch the end of the credits, uh, they said, uh, like, watch out for the sequel, Orville in Orbit. <laughs> I, I really, really wish that got made. You asked him about that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I asked him about that because um, I, I looked on the Internet, and apparently several years ago, I think there was some, like, serious talk about it. Or at least the internet thought there was some serious talk, like, "Oh, you know, Wynorski's going to make the sequel. It's finally going to happen." And so I talked to him, and uh, and I had asked him about it because, you know, if, if it was on some like horror sites, I figured maybe that you know there's some legitis- legitimacy to it. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Well, that it it never ended up getting made." And this was like several years back when the. Uh, the sites were posting this, mm-hmm. but uh, he said he was considering making it at one point. But uh, you know, as Orville got older, the actor got older, and he had moved to like New York, I think. Like you know, so he he moved the complete opposite on the East Coast, where you know Wynorski and his crew work on the West Coast. It just it just never happened, and yeah, it's kind of a shame because you know there is a lot of fans like this does have kind of a cult following and i, I would think have a loved lot of to fans... see an orville standalone movie yeah <laughs> right and and to go in orville or to go in uh in space i think would have been hilarious to see like you know a slasher in space and then maybe we see Orville being the savior again type this of thing. This would have been uh would have been part four. Part fours are for space. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Every everything that, that's fits. What I, ah it's such a lost opportunity. <laughs> that's what I told him too. I'm like, hey man, everything goes into space on part four. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he just commented back on that. <laughs> but man, yeah, it's it, it's an opportunity. So uh Man, if the the Orville actor ever listens to this, you should he should consider doing part four because the fans want to see it. We want to see it. <laughs> we want to see it. The Rude Horror Podcast wants to see it. Funbox wants to see it. <laughs> right. <laughs> we need we need our we need our Orville. Come on. <laughs> right. We need more Orville. And dude, I just seen the other day. Uh, uh, Jim had a. Uh, an Orville Ketchum shirt on. That was like it was just like the uh, um, the 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 credit sequence movie. It says like in starring Orville Ketchum as himself. Like, oh yeah. Like in the credits. <laughs> so he was wearing that T-shirt the other day. I'm like, dude. I hope he has some up his sleeve. I hope he was just kind of shooting smoke down my my arm or something. Yeah. You know. And where is it linked to those Orville shirts? <laughs> yeah, dude, that's what I was gonna say. I was like, dude, I know it. I know it's just so plain looking, but it's like, dude, I want that fucking shirt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of shirt that you would wear, and you just hope that somebody else would recognize it sometime. 
you know, like you're going right. to get a coffee somewhere and somebody's like, holy shit, where'd you get that Orville shirt? <laughs> and just, right. the joy of me- just the joy of meeting somebody that would know such an esoteric character like that would be right. great. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be awesome. Like the five people you know who Orville Ketchum is in the world. And you just ran, you know, you just run into some stranger and they start saying, oh, dude, or we'll catch him hard to die. Love that. Yep. Like, yes. holy shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, it's like a, my popcorn hat that I wear in the summertime from the, the movie Popcorn. You know, I'll, I'll be on pictures on that online and somebody will just be like, oh, that hat's awesome. Where'd you get that hat? But like, not once have I met somebody in real life that's just like. Holy shit! You have a popcorn hat, like you know. It's like, man, we're right? we're we're the real life people that would recognize these weird references to old movies. But I keep I keep holding out hope. <laughs> right? Oh, it, it'll happen one day. Well, just like I keep wearing my uh, my Highway Ten liquor hat there from uh, my buddy my buddy Brian in Minnesota gave me that hat, and he works at Highway Ten Liquor, and I just like. Here in Maine, I always keep hoping to run into somebody and be like, "Wait, is that is that from Minnesota?" <laughs> like somebody would actually know what this liquor store is. Yep. Oh shit, <laughs> hasn't happened yet. <laughs> hey, hey it, it might happen one time. It might. <laughs> if uh, COVID whatever ends and we can actually go to bars again, and you know, want to yeah. save too. That would be I'm nice. Sure, someone would recognize it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, that's that's hard to die. That's hard to die. <laughs> and uh and as we as we notice or we'll catch him it's it's uh it's hard for him to die <laughs> he does not die yeah it could it could be subtitled hard to die uh, the orville ketchum story <laughs> right yeah that it, yeah basically it sums it up man because he um, just doesn't <laughs> what's up Oh, nothing, because he just doesn't uh, die. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I I did have in my notes, and I, I forgot to say this at the beginning, but uh, Chuck Serino did the soundtrack to this movie. And, you know, he's pretty much did every Wynorski film. You know, he, he, did did chop, he did Chopping Mall, too, right? Right. Yep. Which is a fantastic... It's oh, probably, man. like, one of my favorite 80s horror, you know, soundtracks. Like, it's just... So good. You know... <laughs> He he really captured the atmosphere of those shots in the mall. Like it, oh hell yeah, it just it was fucking perfect. Yep. And I mean, you know, the score to this one, it works. I don't, it, <laughs> it works. It works. It's nothing. It's nothing special like Chopping Mall. Like yeah, that's that's lightning in a bottle. That one. This one. This one. This one's serviceable. Like doesn't get stuck in your head, or you don't really remember, remember it that well. But that's fun. Right. But it's it's still somewhat recognizable. Like when you listen to it, it's like okay, this is a Chuck Scarino or Chuck Serino score. Yep. And you know, it's 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 all right if you follow Chuck. You know, like you know, Chopping Mall, uh, None of This Earth. Uh, oh, which I just got from you recently. Yeah, man. That's, I gotta check that's that out. Cool. I've not checked out. Got a chance to watch that yet. It's it's you know it's a callback to the '50s sci-fi. Yep. And you know it's got Tracy Lords in it. Her debut, you know, actual film rather than her adult films. Gotcha. Uh, it's it's good. It, I think you'll have fun with it. Yep. But uh, yeah. So 
part of this episode, I wanted to maybe talk a little bit about, uh, since this is February and is known to be Women in Horror Month, I thought maybe we could talk just a little bit about uh, who we think are, you know, strong women in the horror genre as far as, you know, like maybe strong roles or, uh, you know, uh, women who have, you know, worked, you know, maybe as a director or, you know, have worked behind the scenes and that, you know, that we should at least give a shout out to or, you know, praise for this short time uh, celebrating women in horror. Yeah. Um, so uh, I didn't really make a list, but I just I kind of have off the top of my head. Um, I, you know, for for my one pick, I would have to say. Uh, Orny Weaver has to be very high up there. Oh yeah. Um, you know, for her role in Alien, you know, I I thought maybe she, you know, as for as for me, in my opinion, that she was kind of like the first woman I really saw, uh, kind of take the man role in a way. You know, like she kind of handles the situation like in Alien. And then, you know, so forth in the sequels that she, you know, she is the one that everyone's looking at and be like, okay, what do we do? You know, like, you know, she handles the situation and, you know, for that being made, you know, alien being made in like 79 and then, you know, the best, the best sequel, almost probably the best one, in my opinion, is uh, aliens from 86, you know, (laughs) She, you know, she she definitely takes control, and you know I think she is one of the strongest figures in the horror genre as far as like you know women roles. Yep. I I would like to give a shout out to uh, Deborah Brock who did uh, Slumber Party Massacre two. Um, um, the Slumber Party Massacre series is uh, all directed by women. The three Slumber Party movies there. And uh, part two is just my favorite. I can't get... I, this is one of those movies I can pop on anytime. Because it's just got that dancing rockabilly guitar guy, which I, I can't get enough of. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I wish uh, I wish she did some more movies. Because looking up her filmography, there's not that much there, uh, director-wise. But uh, man, I, I cannot get enough of Slumber Party Massacre 2. So kind of sad that there's not more from her out there. Right. And uh, I, I do want to mention, uh, I watched uh, my buddy Paul Ragsdale's film and, and his wife, Angie. They, they're they a part of a, AP Productions. And they had just released the Streets of Vengeance on Amazon Prime. So anyone who has Amazon Prime can watch it for free. And that is a great uh, indie film that was made a few years back that, uh, you know, has strong women as, uh, you know, the main characters and, uh, you know, Ginger Lynn makes an appearance in it, uh, small appearance, but she's in it nonetheless. But, you know, like the, the other main girls, I don't know if they've been in movies, like, you know, bigger movies, but, uh, you know, they, they get put into a role where it's kind of like a vengeance, you know, streets, Avenge, so they're gonna get their revenge, so to speak, because so they get vengeance in the streets. 
Right, right. <laughs> it's very uh, pushed forward. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very straightforward, but um, you know, it's it's not it's not a revenge uh, or uh, a rape revenge movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, these women are uh, porn stars, I guess, and uh, the the one main girl wants to be uh, wants to walk away from the business, like retire from it. And she's going to do like one last interview on TV. And this other guy that's part of the interview is kind of, you know, the churchy, all goody guy. And he's a part of this organization that's against pornography and, you know, women using their sexuality to, uh, to empower men, you know, kind of movement. And, uh, and so they, they pretty much just slam her and, uh, you know, I don't want to give away the whole movie, but it ends up, uh, that group of people are trying to kill these porn stars. And so the porn stars are trying to get the revenge and, you know, go after these people that are killing them and, uh, you know, just a, a bunch of crazy shit happens it's pretty good i thought it was entertaining so i wanted to give a shout out to paul yeah it's it's definitely worth checking out and uh you know so i just wanted to to uh throw that out there that uh people should check that out streets of vengeance yep streets of vengeance i want to give a shout out to elvira Ooh. Sorry, I brought props. <laughs> nice. You're a little more uh, prepared than me. <laughs> no, Elvira, Elvira's been a great... Uh, Cassandra Peterson's been a great... Um, uh, great in the Elvira role and in, in, in pushing forward her shtick through years. And uh, she seems like a great person. Everybody that's ever met her always has a good things to say. And uh, I, I grew up watching Mistress of the Dark too many damn times. Um, I never actually watched... Um, you know, a lot of her hosting movie stuff very much, but I do love the Elvira movies. Haunted Hills is great. Mistress of the Dark is great. And I think she just has a uh, uh, a book coming out, too, recently. Uh, a big uh, memoir. So oh, nice. That might be uh, quite the interesting book to read. Um, gonna give a shout-out to uh, Linnea Quigley. Um, uh, she was in uh, Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama, where she was Spider, and... Uh, she was a super tough girl in that movie. <laughs> nice. Have you seen that Lin- one? Uh, yeah, I have seen that one. Yep. I don't. I'm not as cool as you and have it on VHS, so I got it on <laughs> DVD. Oh, right on. But yeah, uh, she's she's great in that, and she's great in everything, and she's been she's still around. And uh, oh yeah, man, she she's chucking along just like uh, Felissa Rose. You know, yep. like I've I've seen her in a lot of films like newer ones so she's kind of having like a resurgence of just you know keep pumping out new movies so. yeah uh Felissa rose is in um time's up which is the yeah. movie that was shot right here in the city i'm talking to you from uh portland maine um and that stars also uh damian mafe there from strangers pray at night and uh he's in the new uh wrong turn movie as well so yeah unfortunately i never got a chance to meet up with them when they were up there shooting that movie uh, but that should be coming out soon, and uh, yeah, you can check that out. It's called uh, Times Up, and it's got a uh, it's a New Year's Eve slasher. 
right yeah i dude i look uh, i'm like you know excited to check that one out i i helped you know with the indiegogo same here yeah you know i I should be getting the signed blu-ray here hopefully sooner than later but oh cool you know (laughs) i'm such i'm such a dork even even if i got that movie today it would be sitting on my shelf till new year's because like i'm less, oh, like yeah. all my christmas horrors like i won't start watching any of them till december or like you know new year's evil i'm never gonna pop that shit on in july i gotta wait till new year's <laughs> um do you like i don't know if you talked to damien a whole lot but did he say that they want to try to get that uh um like to where it's able to watch like before new year's or like close to new year's that I, I have zero idea about. I have not talked yeah, to him about that. I, I know I know production yeah, is right. You know. They're in post right now, but I have no idea what the release schedule for that is or anything. Right. Or if they're sitting on that until then to release it appropriately or Right. I mean what one would think, you know, just speculating, one would think that it would come out around that time. You know, just to help with the theme of the movie, okay. uh, but we'll we'll see. You know, I you know I I can't imagine it waiting another year until New Year's, like New Year's of twenty twenty two. I can't yep. see that happening. So, <laughs> uh, my my bet is on, um, and I might just break my own rule because I really don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I I would hope that they would maybe you know have it go at least for streaming like you know <laughs> fuck it have it have it like the night before new year's or you know something to where it gives a chance for people to watch it like during oh the yeah new and, year's and i don't need to i don't need to wait till like actual new year's day to watch that but i just like i, I feel like i want to watch those like kind of new year's movies near near new year's you know leading up to it right right i mean it's not like it's not like I gotta wait for the ball to drop, but I was like, finally, I can watch New Year's Evil. <laughs> <laughs> I I got fired up with New Year's Evil. Yeah. Now now, uh, now uh, I gotta, gotta watch. Uh, uh, I gotta, times up. Times up for next year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, what was the other one? Uh, Bloody New Year. Oh yeah. Is that the other New Year one? Yes. I, Neither I know am it, I. Actually, I know it just because that infamous cover with the uh, the partying skeleton. Right, yep. I, I've always wanted to watch it because, like, man, there's not that many uh, New Year's horror films. There are not I mean, New Year's Evil, and then Times Up. Now, I guess is the other big one. I don't know what the other ones are. Can't remember offhand. Yeah, I mean, I think we pretty much just nailed them all. New Year's Evil, <laughs> New Year's, and Times Up. I mean, I can't really. There's got to be some more. Um, there is a movie I like that's kind of like New Year's called Last Night. And uh, it's not a horror movie, but it's really worth uh, checking out. It's neat. It's uh, basically the world's ending. And uh, everybody knows about it, though. They've known about it for a while. They know, like, the world's coming to an end tonight at midnight. And uh, so some people are spending it with uh, their families. Other people are going nuts looting in the streets, you know. But everybody knows, like, at midnight today, the world's over. And it just follows a group of people. And uh, it stars... um, uh, Sandra Oh is in it, and she is great in that as just a person trying to get home through the madness to spend like the last night on Earth with her husband. There, it's a it's a really cool movie called Last mm. Night, right, and uh, to... David David Cronenberg's in it. Um, if we want to relate it to some horror stuff here, 
David Cronenberg plays a the president of the gas company, and he's spending his final day on Earth going through the file of everybody that gets gas, uh, calling them and being like, thank you for your years of, uh, and we're going to try to keep the gas running all the way to the end. Have a good day. Click. Next person. That's what he's doing. He's just sitting there calling everybody from the gas company. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? That's random as hell. Oh, very. But yeah, last night. That's a cool stuff. Um, I want to mention our uh, Jackie Kong, um, who did. uh, (laughs) I got props. We got we got Blood Diner and uh, Night Patrol. Night Patrol nice. is one of my favorite comedies. Both of these are t- two of my favorite comedies. They're both just so super silly. And uh, Jackie Kong made a handful of great movies, and I wish she would return. And uh, she told Tristan that she was, and that she had something getting cooked up. Uh, Excellent. I don't know if that's... <laughs> we talked about, like, I really hope there really is something that's getting cooked up and going to come out, because she was great. Uh, Night Patrol, Blood Diner, The Being... Uh, underachievers, uh, I think that I think I might be missing one, but those are those are all the biggies. Um, but yeah, she she was great, and she just made such quirky movies, and she was just pumping them out left and right, and then she kind of vanished and hasn't done a thing for Christ twenty or thirty years now, probably. Yeah, or at least uh, directly movie wise, I don't know what she does in her personal life, but right. Well, I mean, I I haven't seen the new like In Search of Darkness documentaries. I mean, I hear they're really good. Uh, she's she's a part of the second one. Oh, so cool! It, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what what she has to say about. I'm sure talk about Blood Diner. I mean, that's got to be the big one. Yep. Uh, but you know, I I don't know if her talking about that movie for you know like a big. Uh, 80s horror documentary that you know maybe she will realize that hey there are a lot of people that love this this film I did and like the being and night patrol but yep. you know for the horror aspect you know the being and uh, blood diner you know a lot of people enjoy those more or less blood diner is kind of the bigger uh, cult hit oh blood blood but, diner is a biggie yeah and uh, especially since that's out on uh, best on blu-ray now too so it's uh I, easy to find movie now when it used to be not um right. so that's pretty cool so yeah hopefully that'll get a new audience and maybe she'll get uh pumped up and it'd be it'd be it'd be great to see her come back right yeah i would, I would love to see see her make something else because you know she she is a fantastic director and uh is as batshit crazy as Blood Diner was, I would still love to see another film by her because that oh, was yeah. so entertaining as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, I love it. I, that's one of those movies. I that and Night Patrol, both by her, I could put on anytime. Like those movies just crack me up. Like it's it's one of those things where they're so damn good, and I know most of the jokes by heart at this point, but still, I could just still enjoy right. watching those movies. Um. Yeah. Do you have one? <laughs> um. Uh, well, I guess uh, that comes to mind. Uh, I, I had on the guest last year, uh, Jimena Del Solar, who is a uh, Chilean horror actress. And she's also uh, uh, one of the co-writers to a horror anthology called uh, Ill Contagium that um, was partially uh, made in Chile. And then... Uh, the other filmmakers were uh, in, like, 
Spain, I think it was. Okay. Or like, you know, I'll, I'll say uh, any somewhere. I want to make it really base, but I don't <laughs> want to say the wrong answer. So she, her and uh, the director that she works a lot with, uh, that she had worked on, she was an actress in the movie Trauma from 2017, which is a really rough movie to watch as far as like, like you have to have an iron stomach to watch because there is some like really <laughs> <don't>. grotesque shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it might be a little extreme for you, Matt, but yeah. uh, you know, she, she did a really good job and uh, I'm going to do uh, a little in- interview with her as, as a part of uh, women in horror month nice. that will probably, probably be coming on uh shortly after this episode i i would assume uh but you know it, it's going to be a short one and then i'll probably talk a little bit more on that as well just just so it's not like a shorty but um you know i i, I talked to her a little bit and uh and so you know i i want to give a shout out to her because uh you know for her from her uh being down in in chile she's able to talk uh, in Japanese and English, which I can only talk in English. So I can't even imagine talking and doing like an interview in a foreign language. So, you know, kudos to her and, you know, in in the work that she's done, she's done a fantastic job in, and, uh, you know, especially in trauma, she, she portrays uh, a beautiful lady that uh is is mixed up into uh some really crazy shit that happens with their party uh i'll say but uh you know she she had worked on writing uh a whole you know part of the horror anthology for ill contagium that had been actually released in the u.s by mill creek so i was able actually to go to walmart and buy the blu-ray which was which is crazy you know to think that you know, I talked to her from all the way, you know, she's all the way from Chile, talking to her about her movie, and then it being released here in the United States at Walmart, of all places. Like, Walmart, that's huge. Yeah. And it's an anthology movie, you say? Yeah. Perfect for a uh, February anthology. That's right. I gotta, I, I gotta you, check that out. I wanna get that now. <laughs> right? Yeah, if you weren't gonna point that out, I was gonna point that out about <laughs> February anthology. So I'll send you a picture of it so you can keep your eye out. I don't know, you know, if it's still in Walmart, but uh, the one around here was carrying it, and I'm all the way in middle of fuck nowhere, Iowa. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got I've I've yeah. I've I've got a very uh, great video store up here called Bull Moose that has a lot of stuff, and their prices are on point. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they have them. I could just take a five minute drive up the street to go scope those guys out and pick it up there. Heck yeah, heck yeah, man. But, yeah, so, you know, yeah, I want to give a shout out to her because, you know, she seems like she is a hard worker within the horror, uh, you know, within the horror genre. And, you know, she does more than just acting. Like, she's, you know, writing and producing things and, you know, working in the pandemic and, uh, you know, still able to like you know I give, I give kudos props to her and and uh you know and and all the women in horror for that matter you know that are currently working through the pandemic and uh you know that are creating things to uh 
to help expand our uh, our horror hungry minds. <laughs> I guess I'll say. But... Right here. Yeah, I'm, I'm the old I'm the old grandpa that keeps on shouting out the old horror people. Like you're the you, you've you've got your finger more on the pulse of what the new new stuff's going down. But... Yeah, you know, like I I still love the old school shit though, Matt. Yep. Like you know, we're talking about hard to die. That's kind of old old school oh, nowadays. Yep. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know what? Even even a shout out to the Wynorski girls. You know, thirty years yep. later, they're able to make horror films. You know, big for the bus. I don't know if it be you know horror horror, but it's it's probably gonna be like a. <laughs> I think it's gonna thriller. be a goofy. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, you know, it, it's still cool to see. You know, thirty years later, you know, you know, they were beautiful back in the eighties and nineties, and you know, to see them thirty years later, you know, still beautiful, and, and still rocking it, and they're still making films. It's it's awesome to see for sure. Yeah. And last, uh, I just want to give a shout out to my forever crush, uh, Amy Dolans, who uh, I don't think she's been very active in horror movies at all lately, which is too bad. But um, she was in uh, Children of the Night, which was fantastic, mm. and uh, Ticks, and uh, Witchboard 2, and uh, Step Monster. And uh, so, yeah, she had, she had a nice little run in all these kind of uh, fun, quirky genre picks. So, uh and uh, she's she's great in those movies, and I love always love her movies. Nice, yeah, I fucking I love Ticks. That's a good creature feature yeah. film. <laughs> it's a good one. I'm surprised you guys haven't covered that one yet. We should do that one. <laughs> I, like I was thinking about, I was like, I had in the back of my mind, I was like, all right, I want to do the nest. I want to do Ticks. You know, like some of these creature feature ones. Yep. Which you know, I end up doing that the nest, which that's a that's a fun creature feature film too. Um, I oh yes, I have seen the nest. I have not seen uh, the nesting. Uh, oh, that's I one have I seen, haven't seen either. No, I have seen the nest, and uh, man, that's got that movie's got some great effects, and uh, hell of a cover too. That giant <laughs> bug on the girl. Right. That's, that's one of those covers that always. That's one of those burnt in my brain from the video stores when I was a kid, like. <laughs> Oh my god! Like that cover creeped me out. Just that giant roach on that underwear right. roll. <laughs> right. Which you know, I don't even know if there was a bikini model no, in the no, actual movie. It's, <laughs> no. It was but, one of those, uh, you know, people fell victim to the cover art mm-hmm. type of thing. And uh, I don't know, man. Some some people shit on that movie, and I don't know why because you know it. You know, hey, that was another movie that was uh, produced by Corman's wife, and uh, uh, the director later on made uh, the third remake, or I mean, the well, the second remake to uh, Not of This Earth, which oh, okay. Jim Jim kind of shits on that one. He says that one sucks, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, you know uh, the the nest though, I thought. I thought that was a good movie. The special effects were awesome. Like, yeah. the, you know, the, the end-all, be-all creature at the end. 
Mm-hmm. Like fucking terrifying, dude. It's awesome. Shit, I might just pop that on on tonight when I get home. I, it's been it's been, it's been a while <laughs> since I watched the disc. Hey, you got me wanting to see that. Right, it's it's a good one. And uh, I'll I'll point out that uh, it's ran. I guess random fact, but and it's on the uh my episode that I did with the nest. But uh, the girl who plays the the loony doctor. Because mm-hmm. usually it's a guy loony doctor, but there's a girl loony doctor in the <laughs> film. Um, she she ended up uh, moving on to like directing kind of like B movie softcore thrillers, which uh, she made one called Play Nice, and I haven't watched it yet. But uh, I ended oh, up I've heard good things it. about that one. I ended up buying a sealed copy from Brad Sykes. Nice. He was selling it, and I was like, you know, he threw it up randomly on, like, one of those uh, VHS cell yep. groups, Planet Horror VHS or something like that. And I was like, dude, I was like, it, it was fate, because when I did that episode, you know, I did the research, and I knew that she had directed that movie. And it's just one of those movies you don't see a whole lot and never, I don't know if it got a, a DVD release. If it did, it's probably out of print and like, you can't find it anywhere on the internet and really the VHS for that matter. So it was crazy to see him sell it a sealed yeah. copy. I'm pretty sure my buddy, uh, Jordy was saying that that was a good movie. He was sharing that on, uh, the misfits tape group on Facebook there about play oh, nice. nice. That's the only reason I know about it there. Yeah. So, huh. And, uh, yeah, Brad Sykes is great, people. Um, speaking of Brad Sykes, I can link to another one of my favorite women in horror, which is Tiffany Chapice, uh, who starred in Brad Sykes' movie, uh, Death Factory. And, uh, she plays the creature in that movie. Now, Tiffany Chapice, as we know, is beautiful. Uh, but in Death Factory, she's just, like, you know, blood all over her mouth, uh, prosthetic, uh, metal lib attachments everywhere, and she's kind of, like, a shambling... She lives in a, a abandoned factory, pretty much eating rats. So she's just kind of like this dark, dark dwelling creature there. And I told Brad Sykes that I was like, "Man, you're the only person that's taken like Tiffany Chapice and made her hideous." And uh, he said that that was actually her idea, and that when she first came there, she was auditioning to just play one of the normal girls in the movie. And somehow they started talking about the idea of maybe making her the killer. And uh, wow! But yeah, so she's she's great in that movie as that kind of mangled up <laughs> damn that's Abandoned awesome factory i need to check that out yeah yeah death factory it's good stuff and uh she oh, was also yeah. Yeah. i'm gonna watch that yeah tiffany chapice is wonderful i always love seeing her in movies and she always right. gives it her all. another one with her that i love is called uh the hazing um from rolf konefsky there that's a great movie i watch every halloween season that's a very uh very very similar to night of the demons kind of uh halloween we have right. to save a house overnight. Yeah. It is. Yep. It is. So. I, w- I was going to say something like a house on Haunted Hill because they are confined in a house. But mm-hmm. no, it's more or less Night of the Demons. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And once uh, it's nuts, Chucky there, his spirit. Um, <laughs> Brad Dorf. Yeah. Uh, Brad Dorf. Yeah. Brad Dorf. The teens. Yep. Yeah. The hazing's really good stuff. Hell yeah. Uh, what, one more thing I'll add. Uh, what, uh, my wife and I were talking earlier. And I had made that post about uh, the Campfire Tales tape. Yep. Uh, she's like, oh, we got to watch that. We got to watch that. And then 
we we never did for like a week and then tonight she's like after you get down doing this podcast we're gonna watch campfire tales i'm like oh nice all right so we're gonna we're gonna pop it on i'm gonna i'm gonna open up my sealed copy there you go (laughs) (laughs) i got it sealed on vhs it's gonna be open tonight and we're gonna watch campfire tales for uh february anthology Yep, it's fun opening those things, man. When you think about it, like this thing's just been sitting there, sealed up for twenty years. Like somebody's finally cracking it open. Right. <laughs> it's gonna. I hope it has like. I I always like wish that it had like some type of like old mummified gas that comes out, or you know, something. Like, <laughs> it makes like just a. Make the sound effect when you open it. Just pretend. <laughs> just <laughs> can I like crack it's it? Something. Like, uh, something on a barrel for a years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. But, yeah, that's a goodie. I like that movie. I, I seen, you know, I haven't watched it before, but seeing the cover, it had Amy Smart in it. <laughs> for for right? a couple minutes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. <laughs> Alright. She's, uh, they kind of, uh, she's like in the first, like, mini, mini story of the anthology. That's like, yeah, uh, pretty okay. much. But she was kind of like the star, the up and coming star at the time. So they were just like, <laughs> put her right on the, right. Big on the box there. <laughs> right. Yeah, cause she, I think, what was her big, her her big movie had to have been uh, Butterfly Effect. Yeah, I was thinking about that movie the other day. I want to watch that again. And Amy Smart, yeah, I, know, love that... her, I love her in um, the Crank movies. She's uh, oh, yeah. Jason Statham, Statham's girlfriend in those movies. And I don't know if yeah. you've seen the Cranks, but uh, holy shit, man, those are those are a blast. I keep, <laughs> I, keep, I keep wishing they would make a Crank three because I want more of that stuff. Right. <laughs> Crank that shit out, Stacey. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Amy, Smart, Amy Smart's character in those movies is hilarious. I love her in those. Yeah. Yeah, I, I you know, I haven't really followed her a whole lot, but uh, is she still doing movies? I honestly uh, don't. I, I would. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I pretty much, I pretty yeah, much only watched uh, old horror movies and old comedies. So it's like, I'm not, I'm so, so out of the loop with what's current. Or what people are doing in the right, yeah, and I don't mean I that in like a, I don't mean that in like a hipster way either. Like I only watch things pre nineteen eighty nine and pre, but like no, honestly, like I don't watch a lot of new <laughs> movies or new, I don't watch TV shows at all. Uh, any shows really? Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't follow them. No matter how good a show is, after I watch like four or five episodes, I'm like, I want to watch something completely different now. I'm like definitely like a give me my movie, give me like my ninety minutes in and out. <laughs> right. Like it's like for me, it's got to be like something like really fucking good to draw me in. Like uh, the boys, everyone was saying something about the boys on Amazon yep. Prime. I did get sucked into that one and binge watched it. Yep, I've heard good things about only, it. It's only two seasons, so it doesn't take long to kind of zip through that one. Yep, that one's good. And then uh, Vikings, that's the other big one that. Okay. I've actually have been following for the years or whatever that's been made. It's a good good series, but I mean, other than that, I'm just I I don't like watching TV shows because then I have to invest a lot of time watching them. Yep. <laughs> and just just give me that hour and a half horror movie. I'm I'm good. That's exactly what I'm after. I don't like dramas. I don't like like heavy stuff. Like I just like goofy. <laughs> um, we've been we've been on a my wife and I've been on a ski movie. Um, marathon recently where we're just watching old goofy ski ski comedies every night. Oh, so, nice! So those are fun. So you probably zipped through like Iced and uh, 
What's the other ski one? Uh, we did Shredder the other night, which is a great Shredder. Shredder yeah. is a great snow horror. <laughs> yep. I used to I don't have a copy of. Uh, yeah, I'd like to watch that one again. We did we did that one. Um, we're bringing up uh, Damien again from Times Up. Damien Maffe uh, guested on the Fun Box, and we all covered ice together. Uh, way back. Oh yeah, then. that's right. He he picked ice, and then he ended up hating it midway through, and hated that he picked that movie for us to cover. <laughs> and we're all like, "This is your fault." <laughs> but yeah, ice but dude, is dude. Ice is fun. It, it, that movie, it's so worth watching just for the ending. Mm-hmm. Or he, I honestly, <laughs> my brain's an idiot. I honestly don't remember how it ended. I gotta, the, I gotta the, check that again. The ending where it's like years later, and the the lady has the has a kid, and they're building a snowman. Oh, geez, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, I don't know. <laughs> he pops out of the snowman. Yep. But. <laughs> Dude, it's it's impressive if you think about it. Like, how the hell did they how how did they get a guy in that snowman and then just be able to do that? Yeah, like you know, Thanks for dedicated. the time that was made. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. It, that's insane. Maybe maybe they'll explain more on like the Blu-ray behind the scenes <laughs> shit or something. But it's Is that, that does that have a Blu-ray? I don't know. I don't think it does. I don't actually. think it has anything. No, I think it's a loss on tape guy. <clears throat> Arrow video. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, man, the only other like uh, ski snow, I, I guess like the snowmobile horror would be uh chill factor. Yep. That you just did. That's one uh, you can find on Tubi. It's, it's worth checking out. I'll say that. Cool. Well, Matt, uh, dude, thank you so much for coming on the show. As always, it's a blast having you on. Definitely. Uh, is you know anything you like to say that you want people to check out? Uh, yeah. If, if if you're curious, you can go check out my band, uh, Smear Dog and the Donut. Uh, we're on the band camp there. Everything's free and fun. Uh, it's just some goofy musics. Um, check out the Video Vagrants Facebook group. Uh, it's a great group of people sharing uh, fun movies every day. And you can follow me on Instagram at Matt Awkward, VHS Fiend. And check out the Funbox Monster Podcast, wherever podcasts are, uh, that I do with my buddy Tristan. And we do usually keep that up uh, with a new episode every week, uh, covering mostly 80s horrors, 80s, 90s horrors. And uh, there, I think that's all my self-promotion. Awesome. <laughs> Right on. Yeah, I love the Fun Box Monster podcast. Uh, the Video Vagrants Facebook page is awesome. Everyone should check that out. And uh, yeah, man, Smear Dog uh, might have to make an appearance on the uh, Root Horror Music Corner one of these days. Nice. <laughs> Be all about it. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again, Matt, for coming on the show. Anytime. Well, that's it for episode 54. I just want to say thank you all so much for sticking around and listening to the whole episode. Uh, I really appreciate you guys listening and and checking out what we have to say. Uh, I'm going to make this short and sweet because this is a long episode. But uh, again, thank you, Matt, for coming on the show. It's always a blast. Love having you on, man. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Root Horror Podcast. I'm also on Twitter at rude horror pod or you can email me at rude at gmail.com 
And like I said, this is a pretty long episode, so I'm not even going to put a song on on the end here. So uh, lots of fun stuff coming up. Uh, more interviews. I'm going to start doing more reviews. Uh, short episodes doing reviews, uh, possibly. And then, uh, you know, just my, my, my regular episodes. So all I got to say is uh, stay tuned for the next one.